We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. E. Welcome to Resilient Schools. This is the place where you come if you want to help your school be able to overcome any challenges that they are facing, no matter what they are, because that's what resilience is. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and this podcast is part of the B Podcast Network, the best educational podcasts out there. Today, I'm excited to have on the program Ginger Lumen. She's a national consultant and keynote speaker with STAC, a nonprofit education service center based in Hutchinson, Kansas. She inspires and helps all levels of educators figure out the ins and outs of teaching and learning. Some of her specialty topics include redesigning schools and learning environments. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go all the way back to episode 144 and 145 of Transformative Principle all the way back in 2016 when I interviewed her uh, the very first time. So uh, Ginger, welcome to Resilient School. So happy to have you here. Jethro, thank you. Talk about some old school, right? 2016? Lifetimes ago, man. Lifetime. Reaching way back. That is like uh, three careers ago for me, it seems. Holy cow. That's wild. Yet still? It's a perennial conversation because people That's, still, you know, glacial speed and all. Yes, uh, that is the beauty. Those podcasts are still just as applicable today as they were uh, almost eight years ago. And here's the really amazing thing. Um, I am still talking to people who are like, I really want to start doing some of this project-based learning stuff. I hear it's really, really good stuff for kids to do. And it's like, yeah, it definitely is. And there's some real power there. Um and welcome, you know, just like as we talk about resilience on this show, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Come join us. We love it. Uh, so Ginger, for you, what was, what was powerful about this conversation? What should people look forward to listening to our discussion today? Well, I kind of thought we were going to fight a little because, you know, you're all about self-care and I'm saying it's not. <laughs> it turns out we don't. So that's good and professional. Spoiler but... alert. <laughs> I really, I think that uh, when people walk away from this, they're going to see that um, 
the concept of self-care is a lot more than just chocolate exercise organization. Uh, and that, again, it's still super essential. Yeah. The thing that I took away from this is you're adding with a safe, supportive adult to the definition of resilience, which I, I like it. I'm, I don't love it yet, but I, I do like it. So I think that we need, uh, I'll tell you in just a sec. I know what you're going to ask us. I do think that we need community and it's so important to have community. Uh, so what were you going to ask Ginger? Would it help if I told you that that's not my definition? That's actually a definition from uh, the Harvard Developing Child and uh, Rick Perry. Oh, well, what do they know? What do they know? <laughs> what do they know? Whatever. <laughs> I'd um, like to take credit on it, but y'all, this is, I'm struggling along just healing myself as we learn about these yeah. resilient things. <laughs> No kidding. Well, uh, this is good. Great conversation. You and I have known each other for many years and um, I mostly through social media, I think we've met in person once at an SC, if, if I remember correctly, or something like that, but maybe not. Have we? I think when I went to Utah, I've been to Utah a couple of times. I think you'd already moved out of state. Yeah. I moved out in 2014. That was when I moved out of Utah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I came to USET later. Yeah. I, I think you and Kevin both came like right after I moved and were there. The next year. That's how it time. goes. So. Time flies. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're also going to talk about the Bridging to Resilience Conference, which uh, if you are listening to this podcast, you should definitely be at this conference November 6th through 8th in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, go to sdac.org slash B2R23. Uh, definitely a conference you should be part of if you like this show. And I'll get to this interview. Want to know one of my biggest frustrations with EdTech? Having too many tools and not enough time to use them right. They require too much training and it takes too much effort to implement it effectively. That's why it makes such a difference that IXL can do the job of dozens of individual tools so I have everything I need for instruction and assessment in one place. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? I'm sure you want to increase achievement for all students. Find out how IXL can help. Visit IXL.com slash BE for a demo. That's IXL.com slash BE. Ginger in just a moment. So Ginger, let's start by you telling us how self-care is a lie. So <clears throat> thanks for uh, allowing me to talk about this. This is kind of important to me. Um, I, I know that we've been told that, you know, self-care is such the thing to do. And I got to tell you, though, as, as an educator myself, as having talked to educators, when people come at us with self-care, self-care, and we know that it's important, we know that, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. But I got to tell you, I am already doing all these other things. And if I, uh, if I add self-care to my plate, Listen, I'm not a big deal, right? I got these other people who have way more struggles to do, and I'm going to take care of them, right? 
And yet there I am. Now you're telling me self-care and I just don't have time to do it. And so now there's just one more thing I'm failing at. Thanks for reminding me that I'm failing at this, <laughs> you know? And so now it's another burden for me. And I, I, I ask folks, and I've been asking this since before pandemic, uh, show of hands in the audience here. Um, if in the past year and a half, there's been a doctor's appointment that you knew you needed to make, put your hand in the air if you neglected to make that. 85, full 85% of every single group raises their hands, even before the pandemic. And I'm, I'm, t I'm, I'm quite sure that there's more people who just don't raise their hand. <laughs> but, okay. you know, I think that it's the people are that this has been the truth because it's not about the pandemic. It's not it's it's who we are as educators. We're not we didn't get into this profession to take care of ourselves. We got in the profession to take care of other people. We're hardwired to care for other people and to put ourselves second. Whether that's right or not, I'm not going to debate that. It's just, it just is. Uh, and so then uh, if I if I ask people to take the idea of self-care off their plate. Knowing that care does need to happen, if we do it in a regular and intentional process where I'll take care of you, you'll take care of him, she'll take care of them, they'll take it. And again, with regular and intentionality, regularity and intentionality uh, to make sure that everyone's taken care of, including that person over there. You know, the one person we're like, oh, we all take care of. Well. Maybe not that guy. That guy's a jerk. No, I'm talking about that guy too. Yeah. Nate, how do we systemically, ra uh, regularly and intentionally make sure everyone is being taken care of? That feels a lot less burdensome to me than being told that I need to do these things for myself. Because well, not only do I have people at school, but I also have people at home I want to take care of too. Yeah. It, it's so interesting because... Uh, it seems easier for you to think of taking care of everybody than taking care of yourself. Why is that? What? Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you honestly, for me, the truth is I'm all about taking care of myself. I am <laughs> selfish enough, right? And I am okay with being selfish like that. Uh, but the truth is, is that not everybody is okay with being selfish that way. That we have been brought up, that we're supposed to serve one another and again, I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong. I know that this is really hardwired into people that we care for each other. If we care about our community, if we care about one another, if we care about doing the right thing, we do that. And I don't, now we're getting philosophical into why are people people? Why are humans humanity? I don't have answers for that. I just know that that's who we are. And I think that people who become educators and who don't really care about other people don't last long as educators. I talk a mean game about how I am so selfish and I am, but that doesn't mean I don't care about others. Yeah. Every single person does. Yeah. Yeah. One of the points that I make in my book about <clears throat> self-care is that so many times we think we need to, we give the reason for self-care so that we can have enough to give to other people. And I try to help people see that you do need to be selfish. You do need to take care of yourself, but not so that you have enough to give to other people, but because you as a human being matter, period, end yes. of story. Right. And yes. so, so how does that, how does that jive with what you're talking about? I, I, I think that fits right in with my own personal philosophies. I don't know that it jives particularly with everyone's, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, I think that they're like, well, no, we're supposed to care about each other. And okay, fine, either way. Uh, the idea, though, 
that this isn't just a feeling or just a, a philosophy that I have. Uh, what we're seeing um, from that, the, from the science of what is resilience is more than just the ability to bounce back. People will give that answer. It's ability to bounce back about when things happen. And, and we, we don't disagree with that, but we, we believe in the ESDAC resilience team to add one more piece, which is in the presence of another safe, supporting, caring adult. We don't become resilient. We're not born resilient, right? We become, we, we, I guess we do become resilient, but we don't get become it on our own is that we become that way because when things go wrong, there's somebody, some safe, supportive, caring adult there with us saying, hey, yeah, that stinks. And you're going to be okay. Let's do this. And, and they help us through. They buffer those hard times. And so if that's true, that that's what true resilience is, is the ability to bounce back in the, in the, in the, in the presence of a safe, supporting, caring adult, then let's start, instead of talking about self-care alone, let's talk about co-care. That if we're going to take care of one another, we're doing this together. And again, you may have, uh, I, I like to differentiate the difference between self-care and self-soothe. Yeah. They're not the same thing. Oh, they are not. And I'm not picking on self-soothe. I like self-soothe too, right? But, because I'll eat the desserts, but I also know I need to eat my veggies, right? So um, when I think about maybe self-soothe as I'm going to uh, take a long, extra long shower or, or whatever. I'm not inviting anybody into the shower with me, yo. Yeah. This is not co-care in that term, but <clears throat> co-care in that we have a system set up in our organization that we uh, believe in this. We agree to this. Here are options in front of us. We're all going to choose an option when and as often as we can. And we're going to say, yes, we are doing this together, even though I may do it by myself. Yeah. That's good care. Yeah. And then there's sedating, which is uh, uh, self-soothing to the point where you are ignoring the challenges that you're facing and not overcoming them, which a lot of people will say, oh, no, I'm self-soothing by drinking or eating or uh, sitting on the couch when I should be doing something that is better for me. Uh, and that is not the, the kind of thing that helps, but a lot of people confuse self self soothing with sedating and avoiding their challenges. So can you help us understand what the difference is between self soothing and, uh, sedating? You know, I'm going to tell you truthfully, that's a concept that I hadn't thought about, but as you're talking, this is what I'm seeing in my own life. Um, I will sit scrolling, right. Uh, looking at a pile of papers that yeah. I know I need to file away and think, I'm just so tired right now. Just let me have some downtime and some quiet time as I continue to look at those papers. <laughs> and instead of getting up and putting them away and then being able to actually be able to relax, I'm sedating away from that by, by maybe, this is what I'm guessing you're talking about. This is when you say that, this is what's coming up in my heart. I'm sedating away from thinking about those things, even though I'm not really. Because it's yeah. still right there. And I still kick yep. myself when I get up and be like, oh, no, I can't because I don't have time to. Yeah. Yep. And so a lot of uh, sedation comes from uh, scrolling on your phone, uh, overeating, overindulging in things uh, that you shouldn't, alcohol, drugs, sex, porn, things like that, that 
that you go to those things to help yourself feel better, but knowing that they're like Twinkies, they don't give you any benefit. And after you're done, you feel like you're satisfied for a half second. And then you just want more of that thing because it's not actually helping you deal with the, the things that are in front of you that, that you're, you're essentially trying to avoid them by sedating with those things. Yes, we call that uh, our numbing strategies or our defense systems that we're trying to not feel a feeling that's there. I don't want to feel, right? Let's talk about flex time in schools. If you've been listening for a long time, you know how important I think this is. It gives us more time for personalized learning, increasing choice and agency for students, and the increased enrollment that comes with it dedicated time for intervention and enrichment. And overall, as school leaders, it gives us and our faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be so tough. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold us back from ensuring students make good use of their time. I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and an intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. Want to see for yourself? Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more about it and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. So uh, let's go back to my pieces of paper, right? Um, somewhere in my life, someone told me that I should have things clean and tidy and good. And when I didn't, I got told that I was messy or disorganized or dumb. Or for me, almost everything that was wrong in my life was because I, I was dumb. And, and I, when, when people said that to me, and when I say people, it's really just one or two people who said yeah. that to me growing up and then again later in life um i think to myself yeah well like first of all i have an emotion right there's been a cruelty that's done somebody called me a name mm -hmm. labeled something right uh and and so then i have an emotion and the emotion for me is i feel dumb and stupid i feel uh wrong dirty those sorts of things and there are lots of feelings that people have when cruelty is done to them and i don't want to feel that feeling Right. Because I'm around people who are like, you're not supposed to feel that way. Or um, I don't know about you all. When, when we think about this, what I'm talking about here is a river of cruelty. Uh, is where how is cruelty passed from person to person in the world, from generation to generation, family to family. And so there's a cruelty that's done to people. There's an adverse feeling that happens. If we're around people who say, yeah, that makes sense that you would feel that way. If it's our accepting of emotions as being normal parts of humanity, then, then we feel and we're like, yep, that is what it is. And then we move on with life. Either healing through that because we're with another person. Uh, but what we, if we are around people who allow us to feel those emotions, then what we don't want to, well, gosh, well, I'm not supposed to feel that way. So then we create these defense systems. So. Back to my piece of paper. Somebody called me dirty or dumb or whatever, and I felt that way. I was like, I don't want to. Oh. 
And so then what am I going to do? Well, I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to get busy doing something else. And I might shop. Like you said, I might scroll, I might eat, I might over-exercise, I might, these are things to keep it where I don't feel that feeling, those adverse feelings. And then those, those defense systems are really, they're not weaknesses, but sometimes we have a, a tendency to hold on to them longer than we need to. to they're, they're good at keeping us safe in that moment, right? But if I have trouble letting them go and I keep holding on to them as I continue to grow and go through life, then I start to, I start to have unintended consequences, right? So now if I'm scrolling because I don't want to think about how messy my house is or if I'm out of the house or exercising, right? There are things I, that start to happen. Maybe I, um, I get injuries. Maybe I... Um, uh, if I'm shopping, there'll be financial issues. If I'm, like you said, drinking or using drugs because I want to think about those things, then uh, there'll be addictions or uh, other struggles, loss of relationships, loss of jobs, right? And when I start to have those things happen to me, then I start to develop certain beliefs about the world and about myself. That maybe I am dumb. Maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe nobody's ever going to want me because I've got a disgusting house. Maybe uh, it, those people over there are, and I start to develop opinions and thoughts. And that's the, those, those are our, um, like I said, belief systems. And we don't ever think about whether those beliefs are even true or not. We just take them as fact. Mm-hmm. And so if we can start to think about, wait a minute, I'm starting to feel this thing. What if I was to say, wait, a, what, if, what if that wasn't even true? Maybe, you know, maybe I am worthy. Maybe I'm not a disgusting situation sort of person. Where did I hear that from first? And was that an act of love or an act of cruelty? What if that wasn't even true? Then how might I show up differently in the world? I've gotten way off track with this. No, I, it's you know, all good. He has a visual that goes with it that helps people follow this weird train of thought I've dropped out yeah. here. But yeah. yeah. The sedation, which is yeah. so dangerous because we're sedating away from emotions, which are. Yeah. Normal. And, and any time that we, that we get away from those, it makes it harder to deal with those in the future. And if resilience is the ability to adapt and overcome challenges and adding on with a safe supportive adult, then uh, it becomes more and more challenged to over, more and more challenging to overcome those difficulties because we've been pushing away from them for so long and it just distances us. So what would be your advice to be that safe, supportive adult to help someone who is avoiding those things? What, what key things should we be paying attention to, to, to help someone who's sedating or buffering or avoiding their negative feelings? Mm. What are the, most simple things that we on our, in our, our SDAC Resilience team do is we do a quick little check-in. Each time we meet or anytime somebody's feeling some sort of way, we do a quick little check-in. How are you doing right now? Mad, sad, glad, or afraid? What's that mostly about? And what we're doing in that process is allowing persons, uh, person to have space to share what's going on with them. And, and we encourage us to really ponder each one of those because it's very normal that a person at any given time, if they just check in, am I carrying some mad? Am I carrying some, uh, that, that we've got more than one happening at all the time. And if we can normalize having emotions, 
then can I look in the face of right now when I see that I'm sitting and scrolling? Pause. What am I feeling right now? No, not about the scrolling. Put the phone down. Think. What am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Mad, sad, glad, or afraid. What's that mostly about? Yeah. And, and to normalize that, yeah, that would make sense. Again, one person sitting, if I'm sitting in my recliner alone and ask myself that question, I'm going to spin and not come to some resolution. But if I've got another person there who says it's okay, yeah, it makes sense that if you sat around here and you'd feel really sad uh, about this sort of thing, what might we want to do? And then and we, we also, I see this talked on social media a lot because I am a scroller. Uh, about, about body doubling. Sometimes when we're stuck in a place, we do need that other safe, supportive, caring adult. Social media calls it body doubling, right? I don't need somebody to clean my house. But if somebody happens to be there with me or says, I know you can do this. I can't wait to hear when you've done this first table and clear that off. Not even you cleared your house, but just a thing so I could check in with and be like, oh, guess what I did? And we celebrate that together. Yeah, there's so much power in community and feeling like you're not alone, that you're not you're not crazy or weird or defective because you're having these feelings. And I think the the thing to come to come in with that that I'll say a little more explicitly, but I think you you also meant as well, is that there's no judgment there. Like there's no there's no sense of, oh, you're wrong for feeling this way. No, it's totally fine. It's totally natural for you to feel this way. And I don't I don't care that you feel that way. I care about you and how you feel. And there's a difference between those things, you know, and uh, in, in interacting with some, some young kids recently, they, they felt a lot of shame telling me about something that happened and weren't comfortable with it. And my response was, okay, no big deal. Like you, you didn't love that situation. You could move on. And I, I'm not judging you about that. You're worthy as you are. And like the relief and the weight that looked like visibly came off their shoulders was really powerful because they didn't feel like, uh, I did this, I was involved in this thing that was bad and I'm also being judged for it by someone that I respect and they're never going to trust me again. It wasn't any of that. It was, I did this thing that I'm not proud of and somebody loves me and isn't judging me about it. And so I can continue moving on and my life's not over. Mm. Jether, that judge and blame really is, uh, it's, it's coming from an emotion within that other person. Yeah. And so if we ourselves can be healthy and can understand that a person can have emotions and that I don't have to take them on and I don't have to tell them they're right. I don't have to tell them they're wrong. I could just say, oh, that is. A person, in order to be able to sit with a person, to hold that space with them, um, you've got to be healthy in yourself in order wow. to be able to do that and have done a lot of work. It's not easy to sit with somebody. Like you said with those kids, when they're saying the thing, I'm, I'm a t it was shame. Well, then Brene talk about this. Shame is uh, that I am bad. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody who comes in and says, yeah, you are, and blah, 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 judgment and blame. That comes from a belief system that I have that I've built up. If I'm going to blame somebody and judge them, it's because I believe that the world should operate this way. And what if that wasn't true? What if that was a belief system that came from unintended consequences 
It was really coming from a place of self-defense because something happened to me somewhere. Yeah, yeah, totally. It would just be a safe person to just to be with a person while they're feeling a thing and let them work it out. So I want to shift the conversation just a little bit to talk about the Bridging to Resilience Conference, uh, which uh, I'm very excited to have so many people on uh, from SDAC talking about that. And um, this is a really exciting conference. I've uh, I've already talked to several people about it on the show, but I want to hear your perspective. What makes it amazing? And anybody who's listening to this should definitely be there. Why is that, Ginger? (laughs) I believe that in our trauma-informed spaces, we bring together a certain group of people, the believers. Um, I believe that this is not just a school problem. This is not just a healthcare problem. This is an all problem. And uh, Rebecca said something, Rebecca Lewis-Pankratz, who is our team lead, really brought a lot of energy to this when she came to the organization. And she said, hey, listen, y'all, Nothing about us without us. You don't get to talk about parents without having parents present at your conference. You don't get to talk about what doctors do and don't do without having the healthcare system at your conference. And you don't get to talk about kids from hard places without having kids from hard places at your conference sitting at the daggum table. And that's what we do is we've got a panel of parents who, uh, who struggle in the world, who come and sit in front of a bunch of teachers and say, hey, did you ever think about this with us before? Because I don't think you've ever, never been asked this. And they start, they start spitting truths. And we have kids who come up and say, hey, this is where things have gone wrong. They belong to our learning centers, people who've been uh, invited away from traditional school. Yeah. And, and we've picked them up. And that, yeah, I say that intentionally, invited yes. away. Yeah, and, yeah. um well, that's what they've been done in so many different ways. And when they come to us, they're like, I'm stupid and this is stupid and I'll never and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't take long. It really doesn't take long once we create a space that is safe for them, which is different than what they've always known and, and been pinched around or kicked yeah. or metaphorically, obviously, that they can start to see their, their amazingness because we're reflecting it back into them. And they come and stand on the stage and they tell their story, their story of heart, pain, redemption, growth, mistakes, and growth again. And uh, I think that's the conference that you want to go to. There are brilliant people there, people who are doing the good work, people who like to talk about the work like me, Mm -hmm. uh, and people um, who are the work. That's why you want to be there. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. I appreciate that. Um, that is the Bridging to Resilience Conference, sdac.org slash B2R23. I said it right that time. And uh, it is uh, definitely a conference that you should be at. If you are listening to this show, uh, it is uh, in Wichita, Kansas, November 6th through 8th. Definitely want to go there. Ginger, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate you being here and great to reconnect with you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh be in a space to elevate this and that I actually picked up some stuff for me today. I love it. Double bonus. There we go. If you like what you heard, there are three ways that you can get more from it. First, share the podcast with your friends and talk about it with them as well. Second, go to resilientschools.com and download the roles in a resilient schools cheat sheet. Third, reach out to us if you need training around any of the topics on this podcast by going to resilientschools.com.
There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE.